bright and misty morning Diamonds sparkle on the dew I shiver with revelation That every thought I have is new Hello, this is Creatives, and I'm Ken Lenick. Had a pretty difficult time lately. We lost power in our place, and I haven't had internet, so been kind of a struggle having to go down to Starbucks and work there and try to get it out. Issues being solved. But it interestingly enough, it was the universe kind of telling me something, and it came to me very easily that we had talked a little bit about um, the course of a creative project and the question of intention when working on the now, that could be very simple. That can just be, well, I just like making jewelry. I just like painting. I just like to do it. I don't really care what happens after I do it. And that's the view of a lot of artists is that they just like to do these things. And, you know, if they can give them or sell them to friends or hang them in their own house to appreciate what they've done. But a great many artists, creatives, would like to make a living at it, what they're doing. Now, therein comes the rub. Now, I've had great success, some success in music, great success as a doll artist, and I'll give you a sort of fairy tale, if you, if you wish, about what happened in that process. At first, you know, I was home with a broken back, well, it wasn't broken, but it was really damaged and had just gone through surgery. And I was feeling pretty low and morose because I wasn't able to get around or to be active. Um, I sat around and played guitar and wrote songs. So, you know, that was good, but it just, I wasn't myself. Well, my sister, who was a very talented artist, came up. She lived across the way in our apartment complex and asked me to make dolls. Now, she was working with hardened fabric, so she handed me some Sculpey, which I've never seen, which is lo-fi or clay, and I started working on that process. Now, we talked about portals, so here's the thing. I'm looking at a lump of clay, and I have no idea, you know, how to sculpt. I sculpted it in high school, but, you know, never since. But that was with just regular clay. So I started working with it, looking at the instructions and firing it in the, in the oven, and it would crack. It would just be a mess. I had to make the doll heads were about the size of a half a dollar, and they just they would it just wouldn't work. And of course, I read that Sculpey was to be designed as a jewelry product, paint or color, and to use it as a doll surface for a head wasn't acceptable. Wouldn't work. So they said. Now, regular dolls are molded, so there can't be any undercuts. That's a problem for me because I wanted it to be realistic. Well, I figured out that this is where the portal opened and in new information came in. And it dawned on me that why not put aluminum foil in the center of the piece of the head? Tightly packed aluminum foil and then a thin layer of Sculpey over the aluminum foil, the aluminum foil would conduct heat, but the Sculpey would be 
you know, well set, well, it was very successful. It worked out just fine. Now the question of eyes. I'm cooking these heads in an oven. So the light had to come on again. Where am I going to find eyes that, you know, doll eyes are plastic. They melt. So that didn't work. Well, I was looking through a doll magazine and couldn't find anything. And then I was, I was just happened to be at the doctor's office. Here's where these portals happen. These were these little bits of information come from the universe. In the magazine, there was a woman who made resin prosthetic eyes uh, for people, you know, who lost their eyes. Well, I said, well, why not? So I, I looked at her. Sorry, I looked at the, the pictures in the magazine. They were brilliant, beautiful eyes. I called her up and I said, have you ever considered making doll eyes? And she said she hadn't. And I said, well, would you like to try? She says, yeah, I'll make some. What do you want? And I so I told her I needed like 30 of these doll eyes to get started. No, I think it was actually 10. I think it wasn't even 30. It's, then she said she would make 30, but that would be the lowest she could make. Well, she didn't charge me very much for the eyes. And I used those eyes on the dolls. They're very realistic. So something happened rather remarkable. Now, keep in mind, my sculpting skills were terrible. Terrible. But ironically, the universe again. We, we were able to place these dolls in a shop up in Julian. A woman came in who was the director of the museum at the volcano at the top of the Big Island. She said to her, they shocked her. They were ugly. I thought they were ugly. But she said they looked like Minihuna, the little people of Hawaii. So she bought about 15 dolls from us, or from the retailer. And, we, of course, we got the money for that. That was the first time we made any money at doing this work. Now, ironically, Pele loved them as well because it wasn't long, about three years later, where we got the call that Pele had covered the museum with about 30 foot of lava. So apparently Pele liked them so much she took them. Not very good. But we got better. And as we got better, we started selling more to stores, started charging a much higher price, and then decided to go, this is where it gets bigger. Here comes the portal again. Here comes the next step. We were making about 30 of these dolls a week. This is a lot of work, but neither one of us was working at the time. I was convalescing. So we decided to sign up for a show, a big show, and that was in the Shriners Hall um, here in San Diego. Our first show was shocking. The first day, particularly, nobody bought anything. So we thought, oh, my God, we're failures. We stepped up and we lost. Well, the next day, we about sold out. People had never seen these kinds of dolls because of the undercutting that was available. And the detail, I could put fine lines, I could put fingerprints on dolls. I mean, it was amazing how much I could do with this material. And the next time, the woman that ran the show said, I'm going to put you in front next as a feature, featured artist 
the next show. So we signed up for the next show. Now that continued. We made more dolls. We took a little. We got more aggressive, and we decided to go out and do bigger shows, more popular shows. We started doing really, really well. Now, at the thirty doll a week rate, it was very gruesome, very grinding, but we were okay with it, you know, because when we took them to the shows, we were given the gratitude of uh, people lo loving the dolls buying the dolls and of course i have told some stories about what happens with with these dolls now the ironically of course the first thing you would think this is the linear thinking in the brain we wanted to be have a story in a magazine and all the magazines were ignoring us for what we considered to be lesser artists not quite as skillful i wasn't really being mean-spirited it was just true we had spent you know a long over a year developing what we were doing and got quite good at it and new artists who had just been starting were getting articles in magazines so i actually confronted one of the editors who was a friend i said why aren't you doing an article about this and her response was you don't need it it was shocking we hadn't realized we'd stepped that far into the what we were doing as creatives <laughs> that we and made our own fame, if that's the way to look at it. We didn't need the linear, typical way of doing things. Now, at the top of our popularity, we decided to do, there was two, there's two huge big shows for d toys and, you know, these aren't toys, but they were considered dolls, so that was put in that category. I know a lot of musicians who write music, so that's one of their biggest complaints is this category idea that, Computers have to quantify everything, so it has to be put in a pigeonhole in order to be processed. Well, it's the same with these dolls. We asked to go, I'm sorry, the two big shows were the New York Toy Show and the San Jose Show. The San Jose Show, is, I think, was a gift show. So it was very expensive to join the show. It was a big, huge jump to take that leap from, it would be like, a musician playing in all the bars in the town and being very popular and then stepping up to a 1,200 seat room. Or actually, it might even be a 10,000 seat room between the shows, like, for example, in Pasadena and the show in San Jose. Big difference. So that's a huge step, a big portal that we went through. We gave ourselves permission to go. But something really weird happened. My sister freaked out. This show was the big time. This show would probably land us a manufacturing deal um, for our dolls. Now, a manufacturing deal is a step, huge step. It's not 30 dolls a week anymore. It's thousands and thousands of dolls a week going out. Now, the problem with that is we made one-of-a-kind dolls. We would have to transition to learning how to make, particularly for production issues, how to make what we do in an assembly line sort of format. That changes everything. Now, that little thought that was in her head became grindingly migraine, if that's the appropriate analogy. It got to her to the point where she was sick. So she did an interesting thing. 
She dressed all 45 dolls that we had made. We busted our panties that week. And she dressed them all in the same fabric with the same trim. And so we lost all of the appeal of our dolls. We also lost thousands of dollars. Now, she knew she did it. And it really was interesting to look at her reaction. She was relieved that nobody bought. Not one single doll was purchased. Not one single manufacturer approached us. It was a complete flop. So, what's the moral to the story? Anything you do creatively, there's a level of skill, material, and experience that goes into any creative aspect, any creative project you're doing. And as you do these projects, and you continue doing them, the quality and the expression of these projects will get better. And as they get better, they'll get noticed. At first, like we talked about before, your friends will want to buy them. They'll buy them for an amount of money, but much too cheap for what you put into them, but you'll do it gladly because it's a stroke of the ego. Now, as you keep working on the same concept, the same idea, you get better and better and better. And then people start to want to pay more or willing to pay more for your output. And each time that happens, there's a permission you have to give yourself and there's a portal you walk through. Because keep in mind, the universe has an end result for your practice, for your effort. It has an end result it wants in the world. If you're the creative to do it, it'll allow you to go as far as you're able to go. Now, that's a very important statement because whether or not you want to go any further, like my sister, that's the issue. I have a dear friend who we just talked to who's now learning that just writing a good book is a wonderful accomplishment. If you even finish a novel, you're better than 99% of the artists, I'm sorry, the writers out there. And now he's in thinner air. He's a well-known Western writer. He's got three books that he's done on the series, on this character that he created. He's getting a lot of respect. He's even doing some panels at the Western Writers, or I'm sorry, the San Diego Writer Guild, I guess. It's called. I'm not sure if that's right. He'll tune me out if I didn't. I didn't get that right, but just now he's willing to take on what it takes to be a successful writer. He stepped through that portal and all of a sudden was hit with the publicity and the duh, 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 and on and on. I have to keep writing, have to keep producing books, timetables, editors, and he's doing it. Other artists. For example, like my sister, hit that wall, and then the universe stops the conversation. The universe will continue the conversation as long as you're engaged in being creative at whatever aspect, at you know, whatever concepts you're working with. So the point, the point of all of this is, if you're a creative person, 
You're, it's not unique that things get weird, that things get more difficult. Family gets in the way. Money gets in the way. My friend, the writer, is now retiring from a long-time job to be a full-time writer. My sister, rightly as it turned out, because the universe was having a different conversation with her than with me. With me, I got the benefit of, of realizing I was a very fine sculptor. And her, that she was really a painter, an artist. What happened from her was a new conversation started with the universe. She became a very well-known painter of long neck girls. I'm sure if you've been on Facebook, you've probably seen some of those paintings. She got quite famous. Unfortunately, she passed away very young. So I think that the universe had finished its conversation with my sister, and now she's painting stars or planets. I don't know, but I hope she's happy where she is. So the question comes down to, are you willing to keep stepping through the portals in the next step every time it, uh, your work develops? And that's important to keep in mind. Are you going to be satisfied with just making things for your friends or just for yourself? Because here's what happens. As you keep doing it, you're going to get better and your stuff is going to be noticed. Are you going to be willing to do the next thing? Take the next step. Get that more information. Better your skills. Start communicating to the world because that's what the universe really wants you to do. I appreciate you listening. And I appreciate your input, if you'd like. And I also appreciate your support. The podcast is new. We're taking this podcast as an act of creativity. So see what happens. But if you would, my music is available on Spotify. Just type in the search, my name, Ken Lenick, and you'll go see four albums of my music. You can listen and pick the songs you like and put them on your playlist. That'd be much appreciated. And also, my books are available on Amazon Books. You can go see them. They're dark, scary stories and poetry. I think you'll have a lot of fun with those. The bumper music, intro and outro, are my songs. And you can hear those on Reverb Nation or on Spotify. Type in my name, Ken Lennick, in the search box. And all my albums will come up for you to listen to. Till next time, this is Ken Lennick. Or creators. Mm -hmm.